Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. I am Sterling Holmes. No Adam Best. He is out sick. So Patrick Allen joining me. Patrick, how you doing? I'm good, man. I got called out of the bullpen, which is uh, always fun. It's always fun to. I I don't I can't I don't think have I ever been on Wacky Wednesday before? No, and, and we've missed you. You've yeah. always said no, and you've always said it was because of me. Little yeah. do you know, you're doing it with me. Yeah, it's hey, that's the way it goes, man. I think I've been on the Tuesday show. I think I've joined you over there. I've been on your radio show, but this is a first for Wacky Wednesday, so I'm I'm pretty excited to be here. Uh, before we talk, Orlando Brown Jr., Frank Clark, Taylor Lewan, a whole plethora of Chiefs knowledge, as well as guys. If anyone in the chat want to ask us some questions, fire away. Uh, it's going to be a little looser version of Wacky Wednesday. Uh, I have to start this off with a funny antidote. So I told my girlfriend yesterday, I said, hey, I'll do whatever you want today. You know what? I'm like, hey, babe, I'll do whatever you want. We'll have a nice little evening. Uh, She goes, oh, that's great. It's free spray tan week at the spray tan place. I go, oh, I go, oh, my gosh, you're going to love that. I'm so happy for you. She goes, no, no, no. I said, we. So I had um, myself in a predicament, right? Yeah, But I, being the gentleman that I am, acquiesced. And if you've ever seen the episode, uh, you know, of Friends, where Ross just gets in there and he keeps getting the front tanned, that's my hands. Look at my hands. Yeah. Look look at this. You're getting a little orange. You're looking a little orange. I'm not going to lie. So this was the last time I I say, yes, I will do anything you want. You learned a lesson (laughs) and I learned the hard way. Do you have to go like for multiple treatments so you don't look orange or is it just, is that how these people look? I'm done. I went once. I called it good. And it's confusing. You stand in there. I get why Ross from Friends was so confused. There's not like, there are directions, but it's like standing like this. And I couldn't yeah. figure out what to do. And they're just like uh, painting you, right? Like it's like a <laughs> like so like you can't if you were to shave your mustache right now, you would look completely ridiculous. Oh, it'd would be, it'd like be a, pale. Yeah, it'd be yeah. pale. Yeah, yeah, it'd be horrible. Uh, so I learned my lesson, and that's the uh, the start of the show. And so we hopefully Brett Veach and the Chiefs don't make the same mistake that I made and get a spray. That's tan. what we're hoping. <laughs> it'd be a good team bonding experience, maybe Pat. You know, Mahomes can take all the all the guys out to get a spray tan together. Uh, Sterling Holmes getting a spray tan is bad, but Casey Beerco, the best sponsor in the world, is good. If you guys don't drink Casey Beerco, if you've never gone out and tried it, please, what are you doing? Uh, if you don't drink beer, they do have some uh, non-alcoholic options as well. And also the beer hall is incredible because they have the best bratwurst and potato salad you will ever have. I'm pretty sure I've talked more about the potato salad than they ever thought possible. They're it's trying to sell beer, Sterling. But you I'm know telling what? you, the potato salad's that good too. I like There's both. nothing better than washing down some KC beer potato salad with some KC beer. There we go. But KC Beer Co., you guys uh, who have supported Arrowhead Addict have done a phenomenal job supporting KC Beer Co. too. They really appreciate every time you guys tag us and them on Twitter. That's value that they can see right then and there. It does mean the world to us as well as it means the world to them. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thank you for making Arrowhead Lager as big as big of success as it was. But KC Beer Co., you know how good it is. It's because they use only four ingredients. Casey Bierko, dare to beer different. Do you have any? Do you have any Arrow Red Lager left? Uh, I have five left, and I don't want to drink them. 
I'm, I'm kind of saving them. them. I owe my dad one. Yeah. And I'm going to put a couple on that shelf above me just yeah. for the, the remembrance of what we have did, of what we've done. Yeah. Are you going to leave them full? You're not going to drink them? Yeah, I'm not going to drink them. Come on. Some, sometimes you just got to leave them full. I'll leave at least one full for me. And I'll give my dad two, one to keep and one to drink. So there's three. So then I have yeah. two left. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I know beer doesn't last forever. You know, they, they, they want you to drink it during a certain period so that it's good. So that's what I'm struggling with, with finishing mine off. I'm like, I, I should drink it as a, it's the right thing to do for the beer is to drink the beer and enjoy it. Keep the bottle is, is the keepsake. I think that's what I'm going to do, but I'm going to, I'm going to stretch it out. A uh, couple of fan questions to start the show off with Jim Mint City Collectibles ask DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, or Alan Lazard, Patrick, any of these three interest you? No, not really. I, like, look, DeAndre Hopkins, if he would be on the field, like, if, like, it, it, it's all relative, right? Like, if you could get DeAndre Hopkins for like a really good deal where it's not forcing the Chiefs to get into cap trouble or something like that, well, then sure, like, he's really talented when he's on the field, but he's been dealing with, with some injuries. He's getting a little bit older. Your co host on the show, Adam Best, has talked about the drop off with wide receivers once they get into their thirties and the chiefs just won the super bowl with kind of a, a collection of guys. Now I'm not saying that they shouldn't try to upgrade, but um, what, what was the, the other was uh, Alan Lazard and uh, who was the third and uh, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, man, look, I'm an Ohio state guy. I love Michael Thomas, but the dude is, he's broken. Like, I mean, he can't stay on the field. He can't, he can't even play. So you know, again, it, look, if Michael Thomas was free, sure. Like if it was, I'm coming in, I'm going to sign a $2 million one-year deal. Like, yeah, okay, you take a flyer on an, an aging veteran like that. But the Chiefs have a good thing going. And I think that one thing that they've been really successful at over the last few years, not just not at the wide receiver position, but elsewhere, is developing their young talent and, and letting the young guys play. We just won the Super Bowl with a bunch of young guys in the secondary with younger linebackers by getting younger, faster. I just think that that's the way to go. Veterans are more expensive. Pick your spots with those guys. Um, you know, a great example is Kadarius Tony, who I know he's younger, but guy with injury history, you know, not working out where he's at. I like those moves and that move paid off. But I, I just, the Chiefs don't need to, those are the kinds of moves that desperate teams like, the the chargers need to make and the bills are like they can't get over the hump well if we just get von miller we just get deandre hopkins that's what's going to win us the championship and maybe it works out for you but the chiefs have just shown last year they don't need to do that they don't need to reach and stretch their budget for old guys that they can't count on that are going to get injured i would say go keep going young keep keep your drafting well develop like get sky more going get you know, get some of your Justin Ross. Like you've got guys on the roster. Uh, I don't. I just don't think they need to go that route. They're on the top of the mountain right now. Yeah, I, I would be out on DeAndre Hopkins. He, he's a guy who obviously wants a new contract. He's currently getting uh, 17 mil per year AAV, but he wants a new contract and he's aging. Uh, Michael Thomas is in the same boat as Taylor Lewan. They're, they're very similar. Once elite players, but the past few years have ended in injury. I don't trust either two. One's a left tackle, one's a wide receiver. But Alan Lazard's interesting. According to SpotTrack, uh, they have his AAV at $12.5 million. His market value listed as three-year, $37.5 million. Uh, he's 27 years old. Of those three, I think Lazard would be the best fit. But again, as you mentioned, I don't think either three personally would make the most sense for Kansas City right now. I'd prefer Juju Smith-Schuster back, uh, all things considered, based on what I think contracts will look like as well over those three. Uh, another question. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just I was just going to agree with you. Like, you just won the Super Bowl with, with in a retooling year. Like, these guys, a lot of them are only going to get better. Chemistry should improve. Like, I, why are you trying to bring in? and uh, uh, They just scored. Like, they were the number one offense in the league. They scored more points than they did the year before with Tyreek Hill. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, Michael Early asks, y'all think we will uh, we will re-sign Jody Fortson? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, man, I don't. I don't see why not if, you know, if they're able to do it, uh, if it's reasonable, it's tough with some of those fringe guys who like, is Jody going to be, you know, is he going to be like a big time contributor or is he a role player? And I think if there's a team out there that's going to be willing to take a chance on him is something more than a role player, then he's probably going to go. So I think it's just one of those situations. Like, is it a fit for him? And is it a fit for the chiefs? I think the chiefs would love to have him on the team. He's, he's contributed. He's gotten better every year, but like, is he going to turn into Travis Kelsey? Probably not. It's a nice red zone threat, a nice guy to have. And so it just kind of depends on, like I said, the fit for the two of them, but I, I like Jody and I think he, he, the chiefs obviously have something going on with their, with their multiple tight end set, you know, and they get in like that 13 personnel. And so, you know, he was nice to have back for the playoff run. So if they can keep them and it's, it's financially feasible. Yeah. But I think, could they find somebody that could be equally as productive as Jody Fortson? Absolutely. Maybe just yeah. not as tall. I think Fortson's going to be a cheap option. He's been injured a ton in his young career. Unfair to him. Sucks to see, but I don't think he's getting a large contract anywhere else. I think Blake Bell's the odd man out. I think we see the writing on the wall based on the playoffs, and he was healthy yeah. at scratches against two teams with elite pass rushes. We thought Blake Bell might have a decent-sized role in those games, and the Chiefs said no. Jody Fortson's interesting. We act like he's his budding superstar. In reality, <laughs> he played 13 games last year, had nine receptions for 108 yards. Um, I like Jody Fortson as much as the next guy. I really like Jody Fortson. We saw some great plays some great red zone plays that one play where Mahomes dropped the ball in his arms and we're sitting here going how the hell did he make that throw and how the hell do you hold on to the ball how do you even expect it to be there um but it's just so small of a sample size we see one or two glimpses per year but no sort of consistency I think Jody Fortson at this point is firmly entrenched behind Noah Gray I think Noah Gray is the legitimate wide receiver two on this team the Chiefs might draft a rookie tight end as well this year uh, Jody Fortson I think is brought back uh, at least as a, uh, a cheap option maybe a one-year guy and if the Chiefs decide that a rookie could do his job on for 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 less money, they, they may go that route. But you mentioned the 12 and 13 personnel. The Chiefs are going to have at least three tight ends on the active roster. The Chiefs oh, yeah. wanted to have four tight ends on the active roster for majority of the season. Maybe not the playoffs, but the regular season is a it's a grind. There's yeah. going to be some some pieces moving in and out. Uh, so I can see Jody Fortson hanging on for one more year here in Kansas City. Yeah, I think it would be it would be great. He's a really nice story, and I think mm-hmm. that's why a lot of Chiefs fans have, have latched onto him and, and seeing what he's done in the preseasons and stuff like that. He's an exciting player, but I really think that the Chiefs like I know we all want some like some of these big names, and and they definitely are going to need somebody to eventually replace the production that massive amount of production that they get from Travis Kelsey. But I do really believe that the Chiefs have gone the way of a lot of those old Patriots teams with Tom Brady, where like it wasn't. It wasn't always like Randy Moss and, and, you know, they didn't always have guys like that. Like they had those that season, but like, you know, it was usually like Dion branch and guys like that, that they would plug in. And I think, I really think that the Mahomes is now so deadly because he's like, Oh, I don't need to rely on Tyree kill and chucking the ball deep. And he, he's distributing the ball to whoever they plug in. I'm not saying any, they can just get anybody and plug them into this offense and it will work. But I think if they bring in talented team players, they have a system that, I mean, I don't know how you stop it. Like, how do you stop this offense? If they were able to do what they did last year, there's nobody, there was no superstar other than Travis Kelsey. There was no superstar on that offense. There was no dominant guy. It was a team offense that was deadly and efficient and moved the ball on the field. Um, and, and, and a lot of that was because Patrick got more comfortable moving the ball that way. And throughout the course of the year, too, like it started last year and, and he just like the Eagles just had no answer for the Chiefs. No answer whatsoever. 
and they were one of the best defenses in the league. So like, I wouldn't mess with this too much. I think you can bring guys in that are, you know, all right, all right, Juju leaves. Okay. I think you can find a comparable replacement to Juju. And I think that's re- should be really exciting for Chiefs fans. Think about that and not necessarily, oh, we got to have a big name. Well, what makes me realize how good of a position the Chiefs are in outside of left tackle and Orlando Brown Jr., which we will hit on in just one moment. The two biggest questions I've been asked outside of that has been, who will the Chiefs' backup quarterback be? And what's going to happen with Jody Fortson? We're talking about tight end three. Yep. And we're talking about a backup quarterback. Yeah. The Chiefs' organization, the Chiefs' roster is so deep, so young, so talented, and so many guys are on, um, I don't want to say team-friendly deals, but they're on contracts that are not uh, exorbitant. They're just not crazy, right? And, and that's what makes this so special. Yeah. You, you look around and you look at the, the secondary, for example. Legereus Sneed eventually wants to get paid, but you have a first-rounder in Trent McDuffie who looks like a budding star. You have Joshua Williams uh, and Jalen Watson, who are both rookies, who look like legitimate starting pieces. You have Brian Cook, who can take over for Juan Thornhill, who was going off his rookie contract. I mean, yeah. you have Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr. on rookie contracts. It's truthfully incredible how deep, how young, and how talented this entire team is. Uh, it's why they can afford to give Joe Tooney a guard the money he is making. But let's go to Orlando Brown Jr. because I feel like this is the the question of the day. The Chiefs not franchising tag, not putting the franchise tag on Orlando Brown Jr. A uh, little bit of a head scratcher. My gut still tells me uh, the best option is his is him coming back to Kansas City. I think part of this was a good faith move by Brett Veach and the Chiefs. But what are your thoughts on this Orlando Brown Jr. situation? I just look. You know, people say like he's he's not worth the money. Like we don't know exactly what kind of contract he's asking for right now. I just don't know who you put there like who are you going to get to replace orlando brown jr there i there's not a free agent option that is as talented as orlando brown jr that that knows the offense in the draft do you want to try to trade up use some of that draft capital the chiefs have to make a similar move to what they made last year to move up to get trent mcdovey link maybe you get okay maybe you get a rookie left but do you want a mid-round rookie left tackle watching Patrick Mahomes blindside the year after you just won the Super Bowl. Like it's been funny watching Chiefs Twitter this week because it's like uh it's like nobody wants to spend on anything. You know, like they're like, we can't pay, you know, we can't pay anybody. Um and I think that you you've got to spend money on some positions. And for me, those with this team, it's obviously in quarterback, you're paying the quarterback. And then it's pass rushers and offensive linemen. The only thing that has stopped Patrick Mahomes from winning a Super Bowl is bad blocking and the offensive line in the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a, the worst half of football he's ever played in his pro career against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's it. I have no doubt in my mind if the Chiefs won that game against the Bengals two years ago, they would have beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, this team has been absolutely unbelievable. Three Super Bowls in four years. Orlando Brown Jr. solidified that offensive line. The Chiefs won. He's he's kind of like Eric Fisher, not not like skill set wise, but as far as like how good he is, Eric Fisher was perfectly serviceable left tackle, good left tackle for the Chiefs for a number of years. They won a Super Bowl with him. The Chiefs just won a Super Bowl with Orlando Brown Jr. going up against one of the fiercest pass rushes in the NFL. He is fine. Like. Pay him, keep him around, just lock him in, extend that cap hit out, and you're good to go. Like, how much better? What would you say? Is he? Is he? Is he top? Is he like mid, mid, middle of the road? 15, 13, left tackle. I think. I think Olympia Juniors. I always say top ten, as if it's a question. I think he's like eight, nine, ten, eleven, right in there. I think he's better than the fans who don't like him think he is. I don't think he's as good as the. Um, the ardent supporters of him think he is too. I think he's above average. Uh, he's not Laramie Tunsil, but he's better than the free agent market. Um, j- just a couple questions I want to hit on right now. Uh, Ronald Rodrigo says, would you consider Luan a good enough left tackle when healthy could be a temporary solution? I don't think he is. No, uh, 
Taylor Lewan three years ago, sure, but he has been injured the past three seasons. That's not someone I trust. That's not someone I want to give the keys to Mahomes' blind side. I know he put those uh, eye emojis and tagged the Chiefs on Twitter today. That's fine if you want to give him a vet minimum deal if he's on the team, but I'm not going to have that be my option one. That's not someone that I would sit here and say, yes, I feel completely comfortable now, even drafting a rookie left tackle. Is Luan even going to be there game one? You don't yeah. know. Uh, I think Latrell brings up a good point. Orlando Brown Jr. is a B-minus tackle. That's probably true. Now, you don't want to pay, uh, pay a B-minus tackle uh, A or A-minus tackle money. I get it. But right now, the Chiefs are in a very difficult position because the free agent market, Orlando Brown Jr., Taylor Lewan, who I mentioned has been perpetually injured, Donovan Smith coming off his worst year as a pro. The Buccaneers cut him. The Buccaneers cut him, and the fan base on Twitter was thrilled. The fan base, the most common theme was he gets penalized every single game. If the fan base of the Buccaneers, who had one of the worst offensive lines in football, is thrilled that that guy got cut, I don't want him coming here to Kansas City. Yeah. 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 Our, our coworker, Josh Hill is a, is a Buccaneers fan covers the bucks for us over at the pewter plank. And I asked him about that and he was like, Oh, thank God. He was the bane of my existence last year. Like guys, Orlando Brown jr. Is 26 years old. He's 26. Are we seriously sitting here having a conversation about, about Taylor Luan who's 31 and injury prone over the guy that we just won the Super Bowl with who's 26. He's not even in his prime yet. Like, He's got he's got four more years of football in this in, in this offense. He could improve a little bit, but even if he stays exactly the same way he is right now, like how many games have the Chiefs lost since Orlando Brown Jr. came? Because Orlando Brown Jr. was terrible. I feel like he sometimes he gets beat. He has some like he's he's not particularly quick, right? With those speed rushers, and he gets beat, and it blows up a player, it blows up a drive, but like. Just you got to spend some money on some position, and that is a position. So, so you're going to get like incrementally better. You're going to go from like a maybe the number twelve left left tackle in the league to like number eight or number five. Like, do we have to have the best left tackle in the league to win the Super Bowl? No. Like Patrick is mobile. The rest of the line is good. They work well together. He's an excellent run blocker. I'd rather he move over to right tackle and become the right like the best right tackle in the league. But like, you want to bring in Taylor Luan. Bring him on on a cheap deal as a backup swing tackle, or maybe even have him a look at him at right tackle. But like, I just, I I know we don't want to overpay people, but the Chiefs, Matt Connor has been pointing this out. They don't have very many bad contracts now, right? That Frank's gone. There's some dead money they got to deal with, but like, I just, I just, I don't know how much better you're gonna get. And and he's a guy that like, if you see the opportunity to improve later, there will always be a market for a left tackle. So if you give him a, a big deal that won't look as big in a few years when the when the salary cap goes up and all that stuff, and a guy comes into the draft and you're in a position you're like, we love this guy, he's our next left tackle, draft him. And and when, when Orlando Brown Jr. is getting really expensive, find a trade partner for him as long as he doesn't get injured. There's always risk with signing guys, but I, I mean, just won the Super Bowl. Like I just I don't know how many times I got to say that. Just won the Super Bowl with this guy. He he's. He's at a position that commands a little bit of a premium. And sometimes you got to pay that. Yeah. Looking back at the other free agents, we mentioned Donovan Smith. That's been the name that's been floated around the most. Uh, other guys, Eric Fisher, uh, no, again, perpetually injured. Uh, Kelvin Beecham, who's going to be 34 from Arizona, no. Jason Peters, who's 41, no, thank you. And then Dakota Dozier. So the free agents, no, that market is basically non existent. Um, it's going to come down to potentially a trade. Again, Brett Veach has a plan. We're, we're not saying Brett Veach has no idea what he's doing. That would be just completely asinine to even um, even throw out there. What the plan is, we don't know. Uh, is Laramie Tunsil going to be an option? If Laramie Tunsil is an option, then you're getting into a similar situation, a more expensive situation than you currently are in with Orlando Brown Jr. Giving up draft capital, then you're doubling down and making him the highest paid left tackle in football. The thing with Laramie Tunsil, he probably deserves to be the highest paid left tackle in football. Um, If you let Orlando Brown Jr. walk, 
you're getting a realistically a third round draft pick back as a compensatory pick, right? Uh, so not all will be lost. What you gave up for Orlando Brown Jr. to begin with is a sunk cost, right? You gave up what was uh, basically a first rounder and you won a Super Bowl out of it. And um, there, there's no denying that he was a reason why, not the reason why, but a reason why. Uh, I think Laramie Tunzel makes sense. Uh, I, I know Matt Connor has been interested with uh, Makai Becton from the, New, uh, the the Jets, right? But he's also been injured a ton in his young career. But the size is there. The, the talent and potential is interesting. It's intriguing. I, I like that one. But again, you want a you want someone you can count on at left tackle. You want someone who's there game in and game out. And whenever your thoughts are on Orlando Brown Jr. in his production, we can agree he's not top five. We can also agree he's not bottom 15. He's been there. He's been there. And, and that's a very important factor. The best avail- availability sometimes, or the best ability sometimes is availability. Yeah. And like, I would just caution everybody. Like, do you remember what it was like when the chiefs didn't have a good offensive line? Do you remember when we went from like Willie Rofe and all those boys to like Damian McIntosh playing right tackle? Like it completely destroys your offense. It doesn't matter who you have at wide receiver or tight end or even quarterback. If you have a garbage offensive line, you're screwed. It's over. You, you know, we get, we got, we got to go up against some of these strong pass rushers in the AFC West. Like don't play around with it. Like don't get cute. I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they have to resign Orlando Brown Jr. They have to give him a big contract, but I'm saying that they better have a damn good plan for what happens if they let him leave. Because if they plug in some rookie in there who turns like they used to be really high, the same the same coaching staff in front in front office used to be really high on Lucas Niang, really really high on him. He's done absolutely nothing. Injuries get in the way. Maybe if, maybe it would have worked out. But when he was playing, he wasn't so great. Everybody was complaining about him. So I'm just saying, I'm just I'm urging caution because things are solid right now. That's that's when you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, like that's what you need. You just need stability, good protection up front. They together combined, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Like, yeah, so you got to pay a little bit of extra money for him. You're getting you've got values all over the field. And you can yeah. figure it out down the line, but like you could win two you could win another Super Bowl, you can win two more Super Bowls. Do you want to waste a season of Patrick Mahomes' career because you decided to roll the dice on a late round rookie left left tackle? I don't uh steve atkins says how old is laramie tunsil he's 28 years old and then todd rogers uh good question here he says matt Derrick brought up uh david bakhtiari as a possibility the left tackle for the green bay packers uh one i love matt Derrick. matt Derrick is a very very good reporter uh always appreciate his work um but he's a really, really good, known as one of the what top three best left tackles in the NFL for a long period of time. It was basically him and Trent, uh, Trent Williams. The only issue I have with him, he was uh, injured last year, played in 11 games, played in one game the year before, and then played in 12 the season before that. Uh, that makes me concerned that injuries at his age, he's now 31, if they're just starting to pile up and, and this is going to be the the downfall of him, you never wish that on a guy and you hope he bounces back. I love the, the known talent that is there with David Bakhtiari, but as far as the actual um, injury concerns, you're getting into Taylor Lewan territory there. Yeah. And, and, and he's older and he's there's a good chance he could get traded if Aaron Rodgers gets traded as well. Like, so, so I see angry junk and German says the hyperbole among NFL fans. is amazing. Only found on this level of politics and religion. It's not all or nothing. Brown isn't worth what he's asking for. Veach knows this and we'll get, get solid play. See, this is the thing. Like he, he might not be worth what he's asking for, but you have to have a replacement for that production. That's very, very important. If you don't have somebody, you can't just wave a magic wand and be like, Oh, well, I'm going to go and, and, and now I've got a, another great left tackle. I don't have to pay this guy. Sometimes the market dictates what you have to pay for somebody. And so you're placing a value on him, right? Because you think he's, he's not the best in the league. But if you don't have the ability to get anything better, you have a potential to downgrade 
then why not just pay them? Sometimes you do have to pay a premium for things. And this is something that's, you know, not to beat the dead horse, but it's working really well for the Chiefs. It has worked really well. Um, and, and Sterling, I know you're on the, on the sunk cost train. You re-sign this guy now. You don't have to worry about left tackle. Preferably, like you probably don't have to worry about it for four or five years. You don't have to start worrying about it as long as he stays healthy. And a lot of the guys that are being suggested in the chat or thrown out on Twitter, these are guys in their 30s. Like they're older guys or guys with it. Like if you can get Laramie Tunsil, Tunsil at a, a high price tag, I don't know. Like I don't know if it's worth the extra money if I can get Orlando Brown Jr. for cheaper who just helped me win a Super Bowl. Um, and I've got continuity along my offensive line, a relationship with my quarterback. Like these things matter. I do not think the Chiefs want to play Russian roulette at the left tackle position. You want to swap in and out safeties or you know, uh, backup linebackers and things like that, like, and look for value, fine. But, like, not at left tackle, man. This is too hard to find. And, and I understand the concern because uh, you're not going to catch me on the record saying that Orlando Brown Jr. is a top five left tackle. I said from the get-go when they traded for him, I didn't see a ton of progression or a ton of upside based on the um, – the size is great, but we knew he had slow feet, right? So we, we, we knew he was almost a finished product. We knew this. He, he kind of was who he was, and who he was was good enough to win a Super Bowl with. I understand the concerns of money. I think the biggest concern and the biggest comp uh, is Trent Brown. Trent Brown from the Patriots, really solid, right? Then goes to Oakland, signs that massive deal, gets cut after two years. Now he's back. In, uh, in New England on a relatively team-friendly deal. I wouldn't be shocked if a similar situation here happened with Orlando Brown Jr. Let's just say a team like the Bears. Ryan Poles, the GM, has the connection, the Kansas City Chief connection. They have all the cap money in the world. They need someone to protect Justin Fields. They say, all right, we'll go give Orlando Brown Jr. a incredible amount of money. Two years down the road, they say, uh, now we see why he wasn't paid in Kansas City. Then he comes back to Kansas City. I wouldn't be shocked by that. That would feel like a very Patriots move that Chiefs could make here. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's possible. Look, it's it's all about the plan. Like, if they have a guy in the draft that they know they're going to be able to get, fine. But this is not one that that I think you you mess around with. And it's interesting that they didn't tag him. Because if they weren't sure about either that they'd be able to re-sign him to a long-term deal, or that they had a couple good ideas for a replacement, then I think they would have put the franchise tag on him. So they have a plan. Brett Veach has been on the show. He's really smart. He, he has a plan. It doesn't mean it's going to work out. It doesn't mean he's right. But he thinks he's got a, pl- he, he's, he's got a plan here. Um, and so we're just going to have to w- watch and, and, and let it play out. I mean, a lot of people have been really annoyed about Frank Clark. that We, over- mm-hmm. we did nothing but bitch and moan about Frank Clark because he wasn't worth his contract, right? But they won two Super Bowls with him, and he was really good in both of those Super Bowl runs. So, like, was he worth his contract? Like, are we going to be mad because he didn't get as as many sacks as we hoped he he would get in the regular season, but when they got to the playoffs, when the games really mattered, he showed up in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and helped them win their first Super Bowl in 50 years? Like, money well spent, as far as I'm concerned, like, so, you know, it, yeah, it was, a, it was, it was too much money for the production that the Chiefs got from him in the regular season, but it's not always just about that. Sometimes you have to zoom out and look at the whole picture. And if you look at the whole picture, Frank Clark was instrumental. I mean, you know, people were talking about, should he be in the ring of honor? I don't agree with that, but like, he's cl- I, like, I think if he stayed around and they won another Super Bowl, I think it's a different conversation. Um, yeah. So yeah, man, I mean. Money well spent on Frank. Uh, I want to talk to or bring up a comment from Chris Albright. Uh, he says there's a line that Veach won't cross. I'm assuming he wants the whole Brinks truck uh, and or he wants it backed up to his house. I think that's a good point. Uh, Brett Veach could be playing a little hardball. At some point, you have to say, no, I am not going over this number. And either the other side has to acquiesce or the other side says, no, what? I'm, I'm hitting the open market. Yeah. Some of this could be a case of, all right, you want this much money. You want to be the highest paid or top three highest paid left tackles in the NFL. You go out there. You check out the free agent market and come back to us. You let us see what what the other teams are saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and, and somebody, uh, Casey King says, Veach traded Tyreek and won the Super Bowl, nailed the draft, yet one week into free agency, doubts start right back up. Hey, listen, man, I hated the Tyreek trade when it happened. We were live on the show when it happened. I hated it. I thought it was a terrible move. I didn't think the Chiefs got enough back. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill was one of one, but good on Brett Veach. Like, he was right and I was wrong. That's why he's the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs, and and I'm more on here with a microphone. Um, I, You know... It worked out. Sometimes GMs can get a little, and I'm not suggesting this is happening with Brett Veach, but I'm just saying you should be cautious. Like I see, I see people in the chat saying like in Veach, we trust people used to say that about another GM. The chiefs had when I was covering the team, it was in Pioli. We trust. That's what they said when Scott Pioli, because he came from the Patriots we got to stop that. It's hey, okay. hey, hey, now. The one thing I will say is Pioli never did that with the Kansas City Chiefs. He won those rings. He did the great stuff with, with the Patriots. When you've done this in Kansas City, you get a little more um, oh, a sure. little more leeway. Sure. It's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers goes to uh, the Jets and he tells them after an 0-3 start, R-E-L-A-X, yeah. that's not going to happen because you know Why? You have no credibility in New York. You've done, done nothing that. in New York. You right. don't have the MVPs. But here in Kansas City, Brett Veach has has won the trust of this Chiefs fan base. Yes. I, yes. I will say there is something, in my opinion now, of in Veach we trust because those rings, they, they do tell the full story. Oh, I mean, last year was a, just an absolute masterclass um, in everything from Brett Veach. I'm just not – I'm not a big blind faith guy, right? Like, I, you know – what fun what's the point of us sitting here if it's just like yeah whatever brett veach does is going to be it's going to work out it's going to go great well we don't have a podcast we don't have anything to talk about so you know i think that's the fun of being a fan is sitting here and talking to each other about hey do you think it's a good move play armchair gm like that's that's the fun of this um i'm not just going to defer to brett veach he he he's i like i know he's got a plan and it might work out and it might not um but uh, yeah, I'm not, you're not going to see me as an in Veach we trust guy. I'll, I'll say that about Mahomes, that dude. Uh, I'll say that about him. But um, no, I think he's got a plan. And I think uh, uh, Albright in the chat was right. Like, I think he's definitely got a line. Um, they're budgeting, they're trying to figure out what they want to spend on each position. They've got to look way farther down the line than, than you and me are sitting here. We're not thinking about, you know, the 2026 cap hit. Brett Veach is. And that's why he's getting paid millions of dollars to do his job. So, you know, I hope he has a really good plan. And and if he's able to pull off what he did last year and let his left tackle, starting left tackle in the Super Bowl walk and either replace him or, or, or you know, improve the offensive line play another season, um, they'll be getting his bust ready in can. I think they already are. Yeah, j- just for me, again, I'm not putting just – he can do no wrong in Brett Veach because he can obviously do wrong. No one is perfect. You and has done wrong. There. And has done wrong, wrong, yeah. wrong, of course. But again, his resume speaks for himself. No one's going to be perfect. Uh, where we stand right now, I, I, I can't be more thrilled. You look back 10 plus years ago. Um, I'm just going to say I'm glad that Brett Veach is here in Kansas City. Uh, before we go forward and talk about Andrew Wiley and the right side and what's going to happen there, we have a promo code for you for you to use at BetMGM. If you guys want to do us a solid and you guys want to win some money, go to BetMGM and use code Arrowhead. Get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if you don't win. Minimum $10 bet uh, required. New customers only 21 plus and present in Kansas. Gambling problem? Call, text 1-800-522-4700-KANSAS. See full terms at BetMGM.com or in the description below. All right. Let's talk about the other side. Andrew Wiley. Orlando Brown Jr. has been getting all, all talked about ad nauseum. We know about him. But Andrew Wiley, the thought process is he's probably going to sign with a different team. My best bet is probably Carolina, maybe the Bears, but a team where he is the for sure starter, a team where he gets paid like a starting right tackle. And I don't think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. So that means there's going to be a hole at right tackle for a guy who, while was not spectacular by any means, solid, fine. He, he did a good job as the season went on. Uh, they drafted Niang. He's been injured and was also sat out the COVID year. You drafted Darian Kennard, who then moved to right guard. 
I don't know if that was just for versatility purposes or if that was because they don't think he's a right tackle. But there's not a great option currently on the roster, at least a guy that you're like, you know what? You, th- th- this is for sure the starting right tackle next season. Where do the Chiefs go here? Yeah, it's tough. I see it like Vlad saying Wiley sucked. I just, guys, Wiley did not suck. He did not suck. Is he a great right tackle? No, he did not suck. He's an average, he's an average right tackle for them. There was a there was a time during the season where he was, I think, ninth in and in, in ESPN's pass block win rate. Um he, he oh. lost that the last couple of weeks of the season. By by the way, Andrew Wiley had eight penalties all year. Guess how many Donovan Smith had? Twelve. Okay, so so no, he was not getting penalized all season long. He had eight all year. Yeah, I like he is an average player. Again, remember Damian McIntosh. Uh, Vlad, your, your picture looks like you're old enough to remember Damian McIntosh. That guy was a turnstile at right tackle. That is somebody sucking. Okay, that is somebody who doesn't belong. Like the Chiefs won the Super Bowl with this guy as well. I think they can certainly upgrade there. I think he's probably worth seven, eight million on the open market because experienced tackles are valuable, especially ones who played on 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 Super Bowl teams. So I just think that like when when you have a team as good as the Chiefs, it's especially glaring if somebody's like making making some mistakes, right? And so it's like, oh, Andrew, well, who's the guy that can beat? Well, it's Andrew Wiley because you got Joe Tooney up there and 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 Creed Humphrey just like wrecking guys, right? And Trey Smith. And so, well, there's the weak link, and it maybe makes them stand out a little bit more than they would on on another team. And because so many of the Chiefs players are good, um, if they could get Wiley back at, at at a good rate, like I would bring him back. Um, I, I would too, but let's will. be real here. He, he's never gotten paid his entire NFL career. Yeah. Yeah. This is a guy who has he he was on the what, one year three million dollar contract last year. Yeah, he was a seventh round guy or undrafted. I, I don't have that in front of me right now. This is a guy. Um, this is a guy who's never had a payday in the NFL. At some point, you got to parlay this into something. I don't yeah. blame him at all. I think no. he parlays this into his starting job worth a good chunk of change. Cam yeah. Irving signed a two year, ten million dollar contract. We know what Cam Irving was. Right. You get paid for versatility. You get paid for being an average right tackle in the NFL. Yeah, Wiley's getting paid. I don't think he's back. I wish him the best of luck. And I'm not saying he's he's irreplaceable. You can definitely replace Andrew Wiley. But I don't want to sit here and act like he was a bum. He was not a bum. A guard turned tackle. He improved as the season went on, and he was uh, he was nails in the playoffs. So I, I tip my cap to Andrew Wiley uh, again. This is me. I'm still on the Lucas Niang train, and I know I'm a buffoon. I get it. But when he came out of college, he was one of the few guys I, I just hung my hat on and was like, yes, Lucas Niang, I, I'm, I'm thrilled for him. He's going to be a stud right tackle in the NFL. Now injuries, the COVID year, uh, we've not heard much about him. Uh, he's the guy I would want starting, but I still think you have to have a legitimate backup, a legitimate veteran at right tackle behind him, someone that you can trust. Yeah, and he's only 24 years old as Lucas Nyang. So on, on one hand, it's good he's 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 still very young. On the other hand, if he can't stay healthy when he's 24, he's probably not going to be staying healthy when he's 28, 29, 30. So thinking long-term, see, this is the position where I feel more confident with the Chiefs going out and getting like a veteran guy, a cheap veteran guy, Lucas Niang, and then drafting a guy maybe in the first round or second round to come in and compete for the right tackle spot like that. And then re-signing Orlando Brown. Like, so you take care of left tackle and then you, you, you bring in some options at right tackle and you see, you know, Hey, is the rookie good enough to start? All right, we'll put him in there and see how it goes. Or, you know, you got that veteran there. You've got a guy like Lucas Niang who technically counts as a veteran. It's more like a second year player. If he actually gets out on the field, I like that scenario a lot better than, but you know, like again, maybe there's some sort of trade that we don't know about that is going to be made. You know, there's still so much at play here, but I do think we've seen the last of, of Andrew Wiley as, um, as I saw angry drunk in German in the chat saying, I'm super happy for him. Like, that's awesome. He's a homegrown player. The, chi- the chiefs won rings with the guy. He switched positions. Like that's just awesome. It's awesome. Go get paid, man. Like go get paid. 
the offensive line, as solid as it was this year and as deep as they were this year, they had guys like Nick Allegretti, right? Nick Allegretti, I think, was a very valuable piece. The fact he can play center and guard uh, was huge, and he was uh, very good against Aaron Donald in that Rams game, but he's also a free agent. I wonder if he gets paid to be a starter at some point. Just you know how players are. You know how competitive guys are, and especially at this level, you want to start. There's no chance for him to start barring injury here in Kansas City. I wonder if he takes another opportunity somewhere else if Wiley's gone, if Nick Allegretti's gone. That's a lot of versatility that's missing from this offensive line. How do you replace a guy uh, who was as, I don't want to say crucial, I'm not saying he's irreplaceable in uh, Nick Allegretti, but the point was he was nasty. He, he did what was, was asked of him. And the Chiefs like a guy who can play both center and guard. How would you replace Nick Allegretti? Well, this is where you use the draft. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talented interior players in every draft usually. And and they're guys that you can get in the middle rounds or, you know, early-ish, like round three, round four. And and you're looking for a backup here. So that's what I – the Chiefs have – they've accumulated all of these draft picks, which was so smart by Brett Veach. That was the one thing coming out of the Tyree Kill trade was now we've got all of this flexibility to get younger and stay – cheaper at a, at, a, at a number of positions and also like being a GM is all about your hit rate. So, you know, you're not going to hit on every single pick, but if you have more picks and you're a pretty good talent evaluator, you have pretty good scouting staff, then you've got an opportunity to hit more often than not instead of trading away all your picks all the time for aging veterans. And the chiefs are in the position where they don't need to do that. So a guy like Allegretti easily replaceable mid round guy, um, maybe somebody that can move into a starter role at some point. They've been really good at finding value in those middle middle rounds, particularly around the offensive line. So that's how I would replace him. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. You know, it's funny. I think it's kind of we always talk about the advantage a team like the Chiefs have because they're they're a title contender every year, and so people are like, well, hey, you know, older free agents would be willing to come to Kansas City for a little bit less because they want to chase a ring. Well, the flip side of that is when you're really good and you draft well, and you have young guys and both starters and backups that have won rings with you, what does Nick Allegretti need to come back for? Like, he's not coming back for, like, glory. He's won Super Bowl. So, like, now it's like, okay, I'm going to go get paid. So you, you actually can have the reverse of that. Older guys might want to come take a little less to play for you, but younger guys who have been part of the success are like, all right, I've got my – like, I, I'm sure that that was probably part of Tyreek's calculus. Dude had a Super Bowl ring. Right. He liked playing in Kansas City, but then he's like, I mean, I achieved the mountaintop of my profession. I want to go to Miami and make a shit ton of money and not pay any state sales tax. And like, who can blame them? So uh, it's quite an interesting conundrum that the that, that Chiefs might find themselves in with some of their. It's like that, that, that trait thing in Madden, you know, where they assign guys and it's like, what's important to them in free agency? And is it, it's like playing for a contender or money. Yeah, uh, yeah it's kind of like that. It's also tough. I, I think when you're a fan and you see the ridiculous contracts, I mean, some of the contracts are ridiculous. There's no doubt about it. You see 12 million, you go, what's that extra 3 million to the 15 to 12? I, I get it, but we're not in the, in those shoes. I mean, think if you were offered that much money, a lot of it goes to your agent. You also have a finite playing period. I'm not saying feel sorry for these dudes, but a lot of these guys, they're, you never know when your last game could be. You saw Byron Jones, who just the other day said he couldn't run or jump. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was at one point one of the top corners in the NFL. Next thing you know, he's cut, and he has no idea if he can ever play again. Yeah. Like, your career in the NFL, it's, it's, there's times when you may not have the ability to know when it's over. So I don't blame a lot of these guys for uh, trying to make as much money as you can, which kind of leads me into Frank Clark. Frank Clark, I thought was going to transition into the Carlos Dunlap role. Uh, I thought he was going to transition to that Melvin Ingram role, the veteran on the team, because uh, he played 69% of snaps last year, according to Matt Connor. Uh, he had five sacks last year, but we also know how impactful he was in the playoffs. But the Chiefs are going to draft a young edge. No surprise here. Uh, the Chiefs might give more snaps to uh, Mike Dana, who has progressed year over year. Right. So I think they probably went to Frank Clark and said, hey, you're going to transition into the veteran role. Less snap counts, less snap share. You're no longer a starter. And with that, you're not making starter money. 
Frank Clark, I'm assuming, said, you know what? I still think I have enough left in the tank. I think some team is going to pay me a couple more seasons. Uh, and he thinks this is probably his last big payday, or at least decent-sized payday in the NFL. So I get where Frank's coming from, and I get where the Chiefs are coming from. That's why I think there's a disconnect and why Frank Clark will not be back here in Kansas City. Yeah, and there's no reason for Frank not to test the market. The Chiefs are going to cut him. He knew that. I'm sure they gave him a number that, of which they'd like him to come back on. And uh, and and it, 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 they're looking at the market and the amount of edge rushers that they have out there, a two-time Super Bowl champion, a locker room presence. That, that stuff gets around. Teams look for that veteran leadership. Teams are going to hear about what he did with George Karloftis last year in training camp and as far as taking him under his wing and helping them. Those are all things that are valuable to to teams that are trying to look to turn things around. So, you know, look at a team like the Chicago Bears who have like $96 million in cap space. Why wouldn't they throw a little bit more money at Frank Clark than he might not be worth to get some veteran leadership on their defense to try to, you know, that it was not very good last year. Like, so it makes sense for Frank to, to test the waters. And if he gets out there and like people think maybe he's too risky because some of the legal stuff he's had or, you know, and he, and the market isn't as hot for him as he wanted. And he wants to come back to Kansas city. I'm sure they'll welcome him back with open arms in the Carlos Dunlap, you know, veteran pass rusher role. And as we saw with the Eagles did this very successfully, bringing in some veterans, rotating your pass rushers, putting fresh guys in there is, is smart. And that's, that's one area where I'm much more pro bringing in, older guys um, because we've seen it over the years older pass rushers coming in where they only have to play 20 snaps 15 snaps coming in on third down um, and they're still they're they're not they're not talented enough anymore to take the 60 snap grind but they can come in and they can beat some guy bring you bring in varying styles too right like verteram was always always famous for saying styles make fights right like you know, do you have a good matchup with your veteran pass rusher against a guy who who hasn't seen him before? So, you know, I'm much more leaning towards if we're going to spend money on aging veterans and free agency, look for guys with with some some edge talent. Uh, but yeah, Frank is uh, Frank's probably going to get a little bit of cash, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, I, I see you have a candle burning back there and also some incense. That's a good smelling room you're in, huh? It is a good smell. It's not incense. It's a diffuser. Wow. Are you, so- you're fancy. So listen, I'm, I don't know if you guys like candles. I'm big. You can see there's, there's three of them back there. Um, there's this, this, uh, actually I'll grab. So there's this candle company called Harlem candle company. Candles Um, by Jan. Yeah. Harlem candle company. Good office reference. They're fantastic. These are not cheap candles. They cost about 50 bucks. Um, but when you think of it, they burn for about 50 hours. So it's like a buck an hour. The, 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 as a candle guy, their stuff is absolutely incredible. This one's called Speakeasy. It's fantastic. My favorite one that they have is called Langston. Um, it's like a tobacco. It's really great. Check them out if you're into candles. Um, free free plug for them. Maybe we can get them to advertise. The I, I was going to say, Patrick, come on. He, the first rule of radio, no free, no free promo. So I come shouldn't on. tell you that that's, I, this is a KC brand back here that I'm burning right now effing candle company this is campfire it's great i'm gonna need to get more um it's small businesses man you gotta help these people right. out i am with you man it's I'm good shit good, good good stuff that's uh, angry drunken german says pat lit a prayer candle for brown <laughs> i really honestly like i'm not like a i know i've been very staunchly in favor of of paying him but that's only because i don't know what the other options are right like you know so it, it, it Veach does Veach knows what the other options are. And if he feels, if he feels like, you know, he knows what he's doing. I hope he's right, man. Like, you know, I'll be thrilled if we get better at the position and don't have to pay Orlando Brown jr. Uh, with, if we get better with a rookie, that's fucking fantastic. I'll sign up I for lo- that. I love how I went from, uh, loving Orlando Brown jr. Cause I, I was one of the first people that I'm wrong a lot. I said Trey Lance is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL last year. I said he's going to be a top 10. No, but I was big on the chiefs. We're going to go out and trade for Atlanta Brown jr. Well, before they did, I I was high on him. I thought he's the guy that you could give a chance to. Uh, And then I went like full 180 where I was like, all right, he's, he's not that great. The the chiefs need to do something different than Atlanta Brown jr. Then last year as the season progressed, I go, I'm back on the, you can win with him. You might need to might need to pay him. Uh, it's funny how quick you can go back and forth 
uh, just based on a guy's production, based on winning a ring. Winning a ring is what it's all about. Um, It's fun that we were having these conversations. It's fun that we have a team that these are the conversations we're having and not saying we have to figure out who's going to play quarterback next year. Uh, It's fun not being the Green Bay Packers when you have a franchise quarterback in the past four seasons. He keeps saying, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, and you have no idea what you have in Jordan Love. The drama, the drama, man. I mean, I don't mean to get sentimental, but sometimes it is fun to realize this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about left tackle. We're talking about right tackle. We're talking about third string guys. Yep. Third string tight ends. We're not talking about the quarterback. Uh, we're not talking about some of the most important pieces. We're not talking about head coach. We're talking about the backup QB. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Re- real quick, uh, what do you think about uh, a Juju? You know, the uh, somebody in the chat early on the podcast, uh, by the way, hit that like button, uh, said that the Bears are expected to go hard after Juju. I haven't seen that report, but is is he a guy that you think the Chiefs should absolutely bring back? We saw the, the James Palmer, I think, report, or was it Fowler yesterday? The, the Chiefs, in, their, their plan was to try to bring Juju back. Uh, yes, I think the Chiefs should go after him. I looked at his spot track number. Uh, let me pull it up. Or let me look up over the cap. Let me see if over the cap has it right here. Um, his valuation. Mm. Struggling right now to find out. The one I looked at yesterday was about $14.5 million per year for Juju Smith-Schuster uh, for three years. I think that's pretty fair. Maybe it was a four-year contract. I think it was like four-year, $58 million. Uh, I would give that personally. I think he was such a solid player, right? And if you've seen the way the wide receiver market has been going, I don't think it's going to stop anytime relatively soon. I do think it eventually will slow down, not quite to what running backs uh, but with the emergence of rookie wide receivers making an impact early on, uh, I think we're going to start seeing the wide receiver market get diluted a little bit, and we will see that market come down a little bit. Uh, but it won't happen this year, the next couple of years, realistically. I think the Chiefs should bring him back. The injury concern, not just concussions, but the knee, slightly concerning. But the fact that he's not the most physical specimen, right? He, he doesn't run a quick 40. He's not super shifty, but he finds ways to get open. That, to me, means he'll translate well gracefully as he ages. That's not a guy who's going to fall off a cliff. That gives me some hope. Uh, He obviously has a very good connection with Mahomes. That back shoulder throw takes years to master. They did it in year one. Uh, I think Juju Smith-Schuster deserves that contract here in Kansas City. They go something like 18-plus million per year for him. I'm out. But if he's in that 12 to 15 million range, I think that uh, he would be a good good, a good, uh, good guy to bring back. Yeah, and when Brett Veach was on the podcast, he talked to us. We asked him specifically about Juju because he had pursued him, and and Juju went back to the Steelers, and then uh, we finally got him last year. And Brett, I know a lot of people will look at maybe his numbers and they'll be like, "Well, they're not crazy numbers," but like, it's not just about the numbers. What Brett talked about was they they realized he had a little bit of what Sammy Watkins brought to the team, which he was a willing blocker, a bigger physical guy, would be willing to go over the middle and do some dirty work. And we used to talk about that on the show about you would like, even though Watkins wasn't always putting up big numbers, like you kind of noticed the difference in how the offense worked when he was playing and when he wasn't. And it seemed to work a lot better when he was out there on the field. So I think with Juju, if the Chiefs can get him at the right price, like you said, they should definitely bring him back. But they have a type. You know, th- th- there there were certain we talked about the size of the receivers that they got last year and Valdez Scantling and Juju and some of the other guys they had on the team. There's a reason for that. They were they were setting up for this West Coast offense for run after the catch. They wanted guys who could block, who were bigger and could take these cornerbacks out of the play. And it worked all season long. Look at how the screen game worked with Jarek McKinnon. So, like, if they're not going to be able to bring him back, hopefully they've got an eye on somebody who you know, can do the similar things that Juju was able to do for them to slide right into this new offense that they're running. But I absolutely would like to have him back. Although I wish he would shut the hell up with the yeah. like clowning of the, of the Eagles who were like super gracious after the Super Bowl. Um, I just hate it. I hate that stuff. I always have. Uh, I didn't like it when the honey badger did it, you know? Um, and, and I don't like it when Juju, when Juju is doing it. I don't care if he's on TikTok dancing or whatever. Like I don't give a shit, but like, shut up, stop just don't give players any other reason, any bulletin board material. Like I want, I want the chiefs to win with class and like be a reflection of Mahomes. Like Mahomes is, you know, not only is he a great player, he's like a great human being. 
he's, you know, he gets a little spicy sometimes, but he doesn't go out there and talk trash to other players and stuff like that. Like, like unprompted, you know, like, what are you doing, man? You're Juju Smith Schuster. Like, you know, like, I'm just, just glad he didn't do it during the regular season. He was quiet during the season, and that was huge. Uh, it was very obnoxious right now, I, especially to guys who are handling it gracefully and James Bradbury. We haven't heard him complain a ton. He's oh. handled it like a man. Uh, there's no reason to kick him while he's down, right? That's yeah. a man who's, who's, who's low right now in his career. You feel bad for the dude, and you're still going after him. At some point, you just got to just stop and say, you know what? I have the ring. Let that be the thing that shows don't need to get on TikTok, and they're bad TikToks too. They're they're just oh. they're they're cringy, man. It's def- uh, it's defensive behavior, man. Like everybody makes mistakes, so maybe he like look. I thought the Valentine was funny. Like it's something I would have shared. I'm not on the Chiefs, right? But like Bradbury was really classy about it, and that's like, dude, that's like the worst moment of somebody's life or career. Yeah, what happened to him? Like it just sucks. Like it, he held him and. I imagine being in that position, how awful, terrible you'd feel like you let everybody down and like, whatever, he'll be fine. He gets paid millions of dollars and all that. I'm sure he'll, if he doesn't get over it, he can pay for the therapist to talk him through it. But like for, for Juju to kick him when he's down like that, like, come on, man, like be, be a decent human being, be a bigger person. Like maybe you, maybe he shared the Valentine. He didn't really think it through, but then I think everything that came after that was, is that I think shows a lack of character. Because it's important to be able to admit when you've made a mistake. And some people, they lash back out at that criticism. And they're like, no, fuck all you guys. You're the ones who are wrong. It's not a big deal. It's just football. It's blah, blah, blah. You're making excuses for your own shortcomings. And so it's just a bad look for him. And like, it's, you know, uh, is it the end of the world? No. Like he didn't shoot anybody. It's nothing serious. But like, you know, we root for these guys. And it's fun to root for, you, you know, the Chiefs are the good guys for us. And it's fun to root for them when they act like good guys. And when, when they're winning so much, there's no need to engage in that kind of behavior because it makes, it makes the whole team look like clowns. It gives ammunition to all the trolls that come into this chat when we're talking Chiefs. And they're like, oh, you guys. You know, it's like, hey, man, just go out there and let the play do the talking. Like, we don't have anything to... The Chiefs, nobody in the Chiefs building should have to defend anything right now. But they have to defend... They have to hear about Juju Smith-Schuster being a clown. So, you know, that's bad. That's bad for business. Uh, Thank you, Bump B, for the super chat, dude. Really sorry to hear about that. Um, Your dog passed away, but thank you so much for being here. Uh, It's horrible to go through, man. It's horrible to go through. Uh, If you've ever owned a pet, it's one of the worst days and moments that you can possibly go through. Uh, But glad you are here. Hopefully we were able to take your mind off of the Kansas or take your mind off talking Kansas city and the chiefs for a while. Uh, Very sorry to hear that. Yeah. Hang in there, man. Um, We've got a a nice back catalog of ridiculous chiefs talk that you can listen to too. (laughs) I got two dogs, got two dogs. Myself scout over here is, is I don't know if you can see her. Let me grab her. You weren't on the show when she puked, were you? No, no, that's incredible. uh, I forget who I was on. This is Scout. She just just a couple of weeks ago vomited right here live on the show. Oh um, wow! Yeah, wow, that's a show dog. Yeah, she's that's a show dog, a show dog baby. Huh? She's handsome. <laughs> she's she's cute and she's lucky. She's cute because she's a little piece. You know, she's a little <laughs> asshole. You know how those small dogs get. Um, uh, we'll leave it there with Patrick yeah. Allen's final words being, "She's a little asshole." Wait, wait, wait. I got a plug just real quick. I know you got to get out of here. Um, uh, tomorrow on the Arrowhead Attic podcast on my show on the Thursday show we're going to have Jason Reed from ESPN he was on the show uh, a, a few weeks back during the season to talk about his book Rise of the Black Quarterback uh, I thought he's he works over at ESPN and Anscape I thought it would be really cool to have him come on talk to us about you know the significance of the Patrick Mahomes Jalen Hurts matchup and the Super Bowl the first time there's two black quarterbacks playing against each other in the Super Bowl and just hear his thoughts on the game in general um, he's a really smart football guy. So he'll be joining me uh, tomorrow and next week. I think we're just going to let this one out of the bag, Sterling. Next week on Thursday, I will have two co-hosts. Sterling Holmes will be joining me to talk Chiefs on the Thursday show. And we will have a very special guest. And that special guest is going to be, unless it falls through, Melissa Etheridge is coming on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Let's go. Um, Huge Chiefs fan, Melissa Etheridge. 
Um, and uh, we're, we're friendly on Twitter. Asked her to come on, talk to us about the Chiefs, talk to us about the Super Bowl. She, she's a she's a not only is she a Grammy Award winner, but she is a an Oscar Award winner as well. She wrote a song for a documentary uh, back in the day. So she's got um, pr- pretty his first rock star that we've had on the show. I think so. It's pretty cool. That's incredible. Man. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. She sang some bangers, man. Back. Oh back yeah, tons. Up. Yeah, tons. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm very yeah. excited for this one. When you yeah. texted me, I was I was thrilled. I ran around my house and told my girlfriend, "I go, Nat, Nat, you will not guess who I will be interviewing <laughs> next Thursday." Yeah, yeah. She was she was cool. excited for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Patrick Allen doing a phenomenal job filling in for Adam Best. We hope Adam Best feels better. I am Sterling Holmes. Hopefully you guys stick with us all offseason long. I know games aren't going on, but we'll be bringing you guest after guest after guest as well. Uh, You know, from Jason Reed, we had Christian Okoye on the other day. We'll the Etheridge. We're in the, we're in uh, we're in talks with Trent Green coming on sometime in yeah. May. Uh, Going to be a lot of fun. So stick with us all off season for the best Chiefs coverage, best Chiefs talk. Until tomorrow, we are out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great. But having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything. From t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days. Like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection. Or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour. American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.